0: Rabbi Robin, Friar Bodson reflects on what to do when you lose your temper. This sermon is called, Are We There Yet? Enjoy. Last Sunday afternoon, no, it was the morning, right after Minyan, my family and I, we got in the car And we drove up to Lake Simcoe to visit my aunt and my cousin who have a place in Willow Beach. It was a beautiful day. There was a lot of sun, a little too chilly to play in the water, but the day was perfect. And then we drove home. The date was Erev, the first day of camp. And if you've ever been in the car coming home with a kid who is excited and nervous about the next day, who might need to do one of those bodily functions, let's just say that calm breathing while driving on the 404 was not cutting it anymore. Words like, if you don't stop it, you are walking home might have been said, (laughs) okay, shouted loudly by me near Newmarket. (laughs) I lost it (laughs) and I was driving 100 kilometers an hour. (sighs) It was not pretty. In this week's Parsha, Moses too lost control. B'nei Israel, the Israelites, were complaining yet again. If only we had perished when our brothers perished at the instance of God. And why have you brought us in this wilderness for us and our beasts to die? And why did you make us leave Egypt to bring us to this wretched place? There's no grain, no figs, no vines, no pomegranates. There's not even water to drink. The initial response of Moshe and Aaron was they fell on their faces. Even Ezra understands that the expression means that they took that opportunity to daven, to pray, to ask of God. But it can also be understood like this. Falling on your face or maybe it was both. God then told Moshe that he and his brother should take hamateh, the rod, and assemble the community and before their very eyes order the rock to yield its water. That way water would be produced for them from the rock and the people and the animals would finally be able to drink. The Hebrew word for what God wanted them to do the debartem el hasela laenehem. Moshe needed to talk to the rock. But instead, we read, Vayarem Moshe et Yado, Vayach et Hasela, Bematehu Pa'amayim. And Moses raised his hand and he struck that rock twice with his rod. Now, boys and girls, talking and hitting are not the same thing. We learn that when we're little and because he hit that rock Moses got the biggest consequence of his life he was not permitted to enter eretz israel and we watch that play out year after year when we reach the latter chapters of sefer devarim now we've probably all been asking ourselves when we hear this story every year why did he hit the rock there's a few understandable reasons The people had pushed all of his buttons. His sister had just died. And he was dealing with grief the way he was dealing with grief. Because we all deal with grief in our own way. And the guy was drained. He was exhausted. And he just snapped. Why did I ask Ariella if she wanted to walk home on the side of the 404? right because I'm human in the Talmud Reish Lakish said any person who becomes angry if he is a Torah scholar his wisdom departs from him I try I so try but this was not a new situation for Moshe to find himself in shortly after leaving Egypt 39 years earlier oh Also there, Bene Israel did not have water to drink. There, too, the people quarreled with Moshe. Their Kvetch and Shemot was a little similar and a little different. They said, Why did you bring us up from Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? Back then, Moshe also ran to God for help. He was mummish worried for his own safety. He said to God, These people are going to kill me. And there too Moshe was angry. There too God instructed Moshe to take his staff, his rod, that thing he carried. But here's the key difference. In Shmot, he was told to hit a designated rock at Horeb. Moshe did that. He hit the rock. As he was told back then. And water came forth and the people drank. Now here in our parsha this week in Chukat, we're presented with a narrative that is so similar except for that one key detail. What needs to be pointed out is that while Moshe's anger in Bamidbar results in dire consequences, God didn't take Moshe to task for his anger back then. Why the difference? Well, Moshe had already been commanded by God to hit a rock before. So why is it so terrible that he did it this time? According to the text, it's actually not about yelling versus hitting. It's a matter of trust. In our Parsha, we read in chapter 20, verse 12. But the Lord said to Moshe and Aaron, Because you did not trust me enough to affirm my sanctity in the sight of the Israelite people, therefore you shall not lead this congregation into the land that I have given you. Trust. But there's a second and often overlooked difference between the two narratives and this difference has, to do, difference has to do with the specific stick or the specific rod that Moshe is commanded to take in each of these incidents. Back in Shmot, God explicitly says to Moshe take Matcha Asher Hikita Bo Et Hayaor. Take the exact same rod that you used when you struck the Nile. So Moshe is asked in Shmot to take the rod that was used for all of the plagues in Egypt, and that was a very violent show of God's power. That is what my friend Rabbi Marianne Novak calls the rod that was used for the in-your-face miracles, and by using that same rod, Moshe showed God's power in a very visceral way. Take this rod that was used for violence, hit the rock. God's power. And Moshe did exactly as he was commanded, and Bnei Israel drank. But by contrast, here in Chukat, Moshe is told something else. All he is told is kach et hamate, take the rod. There's no adjective, no descriptive word. Now Rashbam in his commentary on these verses he notes that the rod that was used here is the one that was placed before the edut together with the two tablets that contained the ten commandments. Now when was this particular rod or this particular staff last used? I don't know about you but I'm picturing Moshe with a closet full of them. You might have ties but he had all of his all of these rods. This particular staff was last used at the end of the Korach incident. After Korach and his followers were swallowed up by the earth and that great fire, the big burp, right? God instructed Moshe to gather all of the wooden staffs of the tribal heads, including the one that belonged to Aaron, to his brother. Now, the staff of his brother Aaron becomes an almond branch, and it blossoms. And God tells Moshe to put it before the edut, to be kept as a lesson to rebels, so that their mutterings against me may cease, lest they die. So according to Rashbam, that is the staff that Moshe uses here in our Parsha to hit the rock, which is a staff, a rod, a piece of wood that is supposed to be a peace sign, right? It's supposed to be the end of rebellion, Unfortunately, in his anger, before the entire congregation of Israel, Moshe just loses it, like me on the 404, and he hits the rock with the peace rod. And with this peace staff in his hand, Moshe had the opportunity to lift up and sanctify God, but no, that didn't happen. Moshe had the chance to meet Bnei Israel where they were spiritually, which was tired and angsty, and they are done. And they were smelly and dusty too. Moshe could have used empathy and compassion. But because of his anger, he reverted to his old methods by invoking a God of force and power instead of a God of love, a God of rachamim a God of understanding. And for that major misstep, God tells Moshe that he's not going to lead B'nai Israel into the land of Israel. Sure, God recognized that Moshe was indeed having a bad day. But as a leader, he didn't have that luxury to show his temper and use violence. It wasn't good leadership. Yes, Moshe hit the rock instead of speaking to it. But I think his real error was not showing true leadership skills at the time. He could have said, I hear you. I'm thirsty too. He could have said, guys, I know this is hard. Just give me a few more minutes. I'm going to try something. But he didn't do that. He hit the rock. As human beings, it is so easy to slip into anger to the point where we lose ourselves. And I shared with you that I've done it (coughs) on occasion, and I'm not really proud of it. Because violence is all around us, you know? If we can learn anything from this narrative, is that it actually is preferable to start the deep breathing And if necessary, walk away, instead of turning to anger or violence. Because there's too much of it. It's here in Toronto. We hear it in the news. It's way too prominent south of the border. It happens in Israel. And it makes its way into the homes of some of you who are listening right now. And if you are or you have been a victim of someone whose anger management issues are off the charts and you need help, just let me know. I'm here to help. Now the Talmud has much to say about anger and violence and none of it promotes it. So I will leave you with two short texts. From Eruvin. Rabbi Eli said that in three matters, a person's true character is ascertained in his cup, his behavior when he drinks, in his pocket, his conduct in his financial dealings with other people, and in his anger. And in Pesachim we read, "Shlosha hakadosh Ohavin ohavan, mi she'aino kohes, mishtaker, u'mi ma'amid almidotav. The Holy Blessed One loves three people, One who doesn't get angry, one who doesn't get drunk, and one who is forgiving. Shabbat shalom.